Um, when I have a feeling, I have a tendency to, bam, respond, and I act. If I see something and it uh, doesn't set right with me, I have a tendency to off I go and to open my mouth. Mm, that's just me. I have that tendency. It is a weakness. If I hear something, I'm going to react, very likely. I'm a quick responder. Quick responders have a tendency to run into a situation with no safety harness. You know, we've been talking about putting on the safety harness. My tendency is to run into a situation with no, no safety harness. If you're a quick responder, you're, you probably have that same tendency. And in that case, we are more likely to fall. We are more likely to fail. Because there's nothing to stop us from falling and from falling hard. You know, we end up saying things that we can't take back, right? If you're like me. We end up doing things that can actually cause more hurt than help. We have this tendency to operate off of a gut instinct. And we don't hold anything back. And if you're anything like me, we end up hurting others. Or we end up hurting ourselves. So that's my tendency. But you know, there's other kinds of uh, quick responders as well. Um, some of us respond externally. But there's other people who are quick responders. And this is really probably everyone else. They respond not externally as quickly. They respond very much internally. But they are also possibly a quick responder. And when we ex uh, respond internally, we take things in and we begin thinking about them and rehearsing them in our mind over and over again. And slowly we begin to destroy ourselves if we are internalizing our quick response. We begin to destroy ourselves from the inside out. And it all starts right here with our mind. And sometimes it progresses to where we begin to destroy ourselves physically. Now, whether you're an external or an internal quick responder, a lot of times we don't understand why things keep turning out the way they turn out in our lives. We don't understand what's going wrong. We just understand this, I'm not happy. Whether we're an external responder or an internal quick responder, we just understand, I'm not happy. Now, Paul, he's the guy that wrote most of the New Covenant. He was inspired by God, and he wrote it down. Um, and he took a good look at himself, and he discovered about himself that he, too, was a quick responder. Listen to what he says in Romans chapter 7. Cam's going to have it on the screen for us. And starting with verse 14, it says, so the trouble is, now this is Paul, and he's talking here about himself. The trouble is not with the law, for it's spiritual and good. He said, the trouble is with me, for I am all too human, he says. I am a slave to sin. Now listen to what he says in verse 15. He says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, hello McFly, he said, 
I do what I hate. Now, this is the very same guy who wrote the passage that we have been using for our springboard for this series. I want to review that passage again this morning. Here's what it says. Ephesians chapter 5, starting with verse 15, Paul says, So be careful how you live. In other words, stop, look around, be very observant, compare things, know what's going on, make sure. And, And last week we said, don't just look around, but last week we said, look backwards at your past. You need to understand what your past, what past experiences you have had. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, Paul says, but like those who are wise. So those who are wise carefully look all around and they even look back at their past. All right, so then he goes on, verse 16. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Verse 17, don't act thoughtlessly, hardly, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. All right, that's the springboard passage for this whole series. And because of that, we said, if we need to live like those who are wise, those who are wise, Paul says, hey, be careful, be careful, look all around, and we're going to want to do what the wise thing is. And the wise thing for you may not be the wise thing for me. Now, we're not talking about those things in the Bible that very clearly in the New Covenant says, don't do this, stop this, don't do this. We're not talking about those things. We're talking about all of those many things that the Bible really is not clear on. All of those things. So what may be wise and legal for you to do may be legal for me, but may not be wise. So we said we need to do the wise thing. Don't act thoughtlessly. We need to be careful and cautious and look around. And part of that looking around, we said last week, is looking at our past and saying, because of my past, what is the wise thing to do now? We even said that, uh, here's a little phrase to help you understand, because we're not talking about what is okay, what does the Bible say, does the Bible really say anything about that, and if it doesn't, well, then I must be able to do it. Now, that's the wrong question. The question, we should ask, the question we're asking is not, is it okay? The question we're asking is, instead, is it wise? Because it may be okay for you to do something, but it may not be the wise thing. And Paul is not calling us to a level of living that says, do what's okay. Paul is calling us to a much higher level of living that says, no, 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 no. Do the wise thing. So here we have this little phrase we came up with. We said, asking if it's okay means "Mm, we're about through. Instead, what is the wise thing to do? Now, last week we made that wise question even wiser by including, because of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? Now this week we're going to make that wise statement, which became wiser, we're going to make it even wiser today. Because today we're saying, as you look around, as you're being careful, not only are you going to look at the past, but we're going to say you're going to look around you and see what's going on right now, immediately, in your immediate surroundings, and what is your emotional state right now. Because here's what we're saying. 
because of your emotional state and my emotional state in any given moment, something may be okay to do, but it may not be wise. Now, in three hours, well, it might be the wise thing in three hours. But at this very moment, it may not be the wise thing. So today we're going to be asking this question. In light of my past experience and my current situation, what is the wise thing to do? Now, if you have a first responder, a fast responder nature like I do, then everything inside of you, your reactive nature, may be screaming, Woo! Go full speed ahead! And we're saying, mm, no, stop. <laughs> Calm down. Look around. You're looking at your past, and you're going to look around at your immediate situation because we need to be careful how we live. So here are some of the things that we need to look at. Here's the first. Are you, in this, in, in this moment, are you craving something right now? Now, the cravings that we have in our lives are really hardwired into us, each one of us. So perhaps at this very moment, when you stop and you're looking around, you're being very careful, you've looked at your past and you're looking right now at your current situation, you may be craving to have value, which means that maybe in our fallen, weak state, we may be feeling worthless. You may be feeling absolutely worthless. And you, know, you don't have to look far in the Bible to find people who felt worthless. Do you remember Moses in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament? I mean, Moses was the prince of Egypt. And through the circumstances of life and the decisions he made, he became a shepherd. And he struggled with feeling worthless. We don't have to look far. Maybe your current emotional state in any given moment that you're trying to make a decision, maybe you're feeling worthless. And that immediate feeling could make you do something that, yeah, it's okay, but it could be very unwise in that moment because of the way you're feeling. You're in a weakened decision-making state. Here's another one. Maybe in this moment that you're trying to make a decision that you're kind of craving some entertainment or you're craving some excitement because we have such a tendency to, to live life being bored, right? And so we're looking for some action. We're looking for something. We don't have to look far in the Bible to find people who were so bored that they were looking for some excitement. The second king of Israel, his name is David, King David, a very, very famous king. Well, David was very married and when he should have been engaged in something else, taking up his time, instead he was wandering around his rooftop 
bored to tears until he comes upon this lady named Bathsheba who was actually taking a bath. (laughs) And suddenly, his need for excitement and entertainment skyrocketed. He was looking for excitement, looking for entertainment because he was bored. And we know he made some decisions in that moment, in that season of his life that changed his life forever. Maybe in any given moment, maybe you have a craving to be loved. There, uh, and, and that just comes from this whole feeling of, no, I, I'm not loved. Nobody loves me, right? And we've been there. There, there. In the Old Testament, there's this lady. You may not have really heard her name. Her name is Leah. And Leah's dad actually tricked a man into marrying her. Now, can you imagine that the only reason you're married is because your dad tricked someone and she went into that marriage very unloved and she basically lived the rest of her life struggling to feel loved. She had a craving for love. Maybe... Maybe you have a craving for food. You don't have to go to the Old Testament to find that. I'm here, baby. (laughs) Craving for food right here. Now, here's the truth. Most of us who have a craving for food, uh, the truth is we're using food to fill some other cravings in our life. That's just the truth of most of us. I can't say that for you. But most of us who have a problem with food, our problem is not food. We have other problems, and the food is our medicine, right? Yeah. Uh, And evidently, it actually makes the problem get bigger. (laughs) Literally. But all of these cravings that we have, here's the truth. They are the craving at its very core, is something designed by God. And He designed it to cause us to pursue God and to have ultimately our cravings met and fulfilled and satisfied by Him. Now listen, that's a slow process to have to have your craving drive you toward God and have God ultimately be able to satisfy those cravings. It is a slow process process of growing that relationship with God. But instead of that slow process, we are quick responders, right? We quickly respond to our cravings and we opt instead for an instant, for a reactive, temporary relief. And usually that damages us. And then we feel that damage. And we are experiencing that damage. And guess what happens? We react again. And we go back to that same temporary relief. Reactive relief. We do that again. And guess what? We're damaged again. 
And then we go back for some more relief. And it is this cycle that we run through with our lives. Let me give you an example. If you are a father of a daughter, and everyone else, you just kind of come along with the ride. You're going to be there with us too. But let me give you an example. If you are a father of a daughter, think with me for a moment. Your daughter has this God-given desire to be loved. She has this God-given desire for security, and she craves love. She craves security. It's God-given. And along the way, as she's growing up, she discovers that if she lets a boy touch her, that he will care for her. In fact, he's promising to care for her if he can, and if she will. And the more he touches her, the more that he guarantees that he'll be there. And the more she believes him. Because after all, he is around and he does care. And the more she feels cared for. And when she has sex with him, she really feels in that moment loved and accepted until they break up. And then suddenly, she's devastated. Because now she is unloved and now she is not cared for but she knows she knows that I can be loved and cared for and I can be secure in that moment so she knows she's not without a boyfriend for long right so she quickly finds another boy now listen do you want her to bounce from boy to boy to boy, as she is searching for love and acceptance. Over and over and over again. Relationship after relationship. Guy after guy after guy. As a father, would you rather her find that love and acceptance in a healthy, nurturing relationship with her dad where you can show her unconditional love and you can show her grace and compassion and kindness and the security of I'm not going anywhere yeah yeah right I don't know a father I don't know a father who would want to see his daughter with all of those bad memories and bad experiences and emotional collateral damage. I don't know a father who would want that. And God looks at you and me the very same way, longing for those cravings to drive us deeper into a relationship with Him. And guess what? That takes time. And it takes work, doesn't it, on our part to move our lives in that direction. And it can be a slow process, but ultimately it is the only place where our desires will be met in a lasting, complete way. 
Everything else will be short-lived. Everything else is going to ultimately leave us empty and leave us with more damage. For every single craving that we have, the deep seed of that craving is designed to be met by our Heavenly Father. So when a desire wells up inside of us, and when our reactive nature screams, go full speed ahead, go for it! It's moving us closer to that line without any harness and any safety gear, and we're going to fall eventually. And so when it screams in that moment, that desire, it screams, go for it. We need to stop. And we need to be careful. And we need to look around, not just at our past, but today we're saying we need to look at this moment. And in this moment, let's ask ourselves this. What am I craving right now? Am I feeling worthless right now? Because if I am, I'm going to make an unwise decision. I need to put the brakes on. Am I feeling bored right now? Because if I am, I may be approaching an unwise decision. Am I not feeling loved? Am I physically hungry? We need to ask, and then we need to ask this, in light of my past experience, and now my current situation, what is the wise thing to do? Does that make sense? Now here are some other situations, current situations that we need to analyze and say, hey, what's going on as we look around? So that we can be careful that our reactive nature is screaming, do it! We need to stop and say, what's going on right now? Especially when we are wounded, when we are hurt, angry, or anxious. Let's look around. Maybe we need to ask ourselves, has someone said something or did they do something that wounded me emotionally? There's this guy named Jacob, who by the way, his first wife, uh, her name was Leah, (laughs) that we just talked about. This guy named Jacob, he had a lot of sons, some of them from Leah, some of them from this other He had a lot of sons, but he had one favorite out of all those sons. And guess what? He let all of his other sons know they were not the favorite. Yeah, nice, huh? They were emotionally wounded, devastated. We need to ask ourselves, has someone said something or have they done something recently right now in this moment that that has emotionally wounded me? Here's the second thing we need to look. Are we physically in pain? I'm not talking here about emotional pain, really just physical. Are we in physical pain? When we are in physical pain in that moment, we are very likely to make an unwise decision trying to escape that pain. We need to ask ourselves, am I physically hurting? We need to look at our lives in that moment. Have we just had an argument with someone? 
Uh, let's go back to Jacob for a minute. He was one messed up guy just like us. <laughs> Jacob had a brother. And they had a life-changing argument. And things were said in that moment and things were done in that moment that affected them. They were unwise and they affected them for their whole lives. Have you just had an argument? And if that's the case, be very careful. In light of my past experience and in light of my current situation, is this what I'm considering doing the wise thing to do? Have you just had an argument? Here's another one. Now this impacts a lot of us. Is our anxiety on the rise? Do you sense that? You know, sometimes we kind of can sense when it's on the rise. And if it's on the rise, then we are vulnerable to making unwise decisions. So we have to ask ourselves in this moment. Now, what I'm considering doing, maybe it's okay in four hours. But right now, maybe it's okay tomorrow. But right now, because my anxiety is on the rise, is it wise right now? There's a guy, the first king of Israel, his name was Saul, King Saul. King Saul had a growing anxiety, which caused him to make some very unwise decisions. And after he made that decision, God said, whoop, that's it, you're not going to be king anymore. And guess what happened to his anxiety then? Bam! For the rest of his life. Bam! Through the roof. Is our anxiety growing? If so, if in that moment, is this what we're considering doing going to be the wise thing? Here are some other situations that can cause our reactive nature to scream, go for it! When you feel isolated, lonely, or depressed. So we have to ask ourselves, in this moment, am I feeling alone, abandoned? Am I feeling like I am failing at anything? Am I feeling like in this moment that there is no hope? Then we need to be cautious about making that decision. Is this what I'm thinking about doing, the wise thing to do, based upon the reality that right now I'm feeling abandoned? You understand how that could cause us to make some very unwise decisions feeling abandoned or if we feel like we're failing or if we feel like there's no hope. The third king of Israel. You're beginning to think that these kings were pretty messed up. Mm, yeah, they were, just like us. The third king of Israel, his name was King Solomon. King Solomon was so successful on worldly standards. Guess what? He had about a thousand wives and girlfriends. He was not alone, but he felt very alone. He had more wealth than anyone at the war, in the world at that time, and possibly even compared to today's standards. More wealth. The wealthiest man in the world. And guess what? He was very depressed at times. So we need to be careful. Before we say yes to an opportunity, 
before we say yes to an invitation, we need to stop. And we need to ask ourselves, what am I feeling right now? Am I feeling alone? Am I feeling depressed? Do I feel like I'm failing? And then we need to ask ourselves this question. Okay, in light of my past experience and my current situation, what is the wise thing to do? Here are some other situations. These can cause our reactive nature to scream at us. Do it. Go for it. Am I exhausted? Am I worn out? Am I weary? I have to look at my life and say, in this moment, am I feeling like I'm overworked? Do I have the feeling like everybody wants something from me? Everybody needs something from me and I can't do it all. Is that what's going on? We, do we have the feeling that I am emotionally spent? I don't have anything to give anyone right now. I don't have, they, they can't take another thing from me. I don't have anything else. We need to ask ourselves, am I physically tired? Am I having trouble sleeping? Am I getting to the point where I'm just throwing up my arms and I'm saying, I give up? I give up. There's a man in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. His name is Elijah. And Elijah, on our worldly, even spiritual standards, we would look at him and we would say, man, what a success. In this world and spiritually, what a success. But then he had given so much. He got so exhausted. He got so tired. He got so depressed that he ran for his life. I mean literally. The Bible describes it. You should go look at that story. He ran for his life. He got exhausted. He had nothing more to give. When everything in our reactive nature screams, run away from life, quit, give up, we need to stop. And we need to ask ourselves, what is going on right now? And then we need to ask, in light of my past experience and my current situation, what is the wise thing to do? Now let's go back to the New Testament. Paul, who wrote all of our passages that we've used for today, Paul knew that he was a fast responder. He knew that was, it, it was going to possibly end up with him responding and doing the very opposite of what he needed to do. He just knew that's what was going to happen. And Paul also had some kind of baggage in his life. And we're not sure... But he saw it as a great weakness, something that really hurt him and really slowed him down. Now, we don't know if it was something emotional that he carried. We don't know if it was something physical that, that debilitated him. All we know is this, that it was a daily struggle for Paul, this baggage, whatever it was. Here's what Paul has to say about it. I'm going to ask the band to make their way up as, as I read this. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 
Paul says three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. And guess what? He didn't do it. He actually refused to take it away. Listen to what he said. Each time he said, this is God speaking to Paul. He said, my grace is all you need. He said to Paul, God saying to Paul, my power, God's power works best in weakness. And Paul says, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. And he goes on and describes it more. That, that's why I take pleasure, he said, in my weaknesses. And in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, the trouble that I suffer for Christ. He said, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. Whatever was going on for Paul, whatever that was, we don't know what it was. He learned he learned to know that the grace of Jesus was all he needed to make it through that day. Paul was learning how to let his cravings drive him toward God. When he was wounded, when he was hurt, when he was angry, when he was anxious, he let it all drive him toward God. If he was isolated and lonely or depressed, he learned to let it drive him toward God. If he was exhausted and worn out and weary, he ran to God. And there he knew that he would find the grace of Jesus and it would be all he needed. And that was the wise thing to do. And Paul knew because of his weaknesses, he had to be careful. He had to be careful. If he was going to be wise, he had to be careful. Be careful how you live. Not like the fools, not like the unwise, but live like the wise. So we must ask, in light of my past experience and my current situation, what is the wise thing to do? Now, this week, here's what we're asking. Before you answer any invitation, before you answer any opportunity, before you quickly act on a feeling that wells up inside of you, will you pause, stop, and ask, okay, let me look at my past experience. In light of my past experience and now, my current situation, what's going on right now, what is the wise thing for me to do? Will you do that this week? And before you leave, as you walk down the hall on the line, Lynn has put up next steps all on the line. If you missed week one, it's up there. Just look for it. You'll see it. If you missed week two, it's up there as well. And now week three has been added. Will you look for week three? Make sure you take week three. 
I'll, I'll feel really sad if I look on that line and nobody took them. I'd, I would take it, take a next step. It will encourage you this week as you step with us. Let's pray. There have been many times, God, that we have begged you to change something in our lives. There have been many times that we have begged you to take away pain, to take away sickness, to take away trouble, to take away hard times. And there have been times, God, that you didn't take them away. God, may we let these things drive us to a daily relationship with you. And may we do the wise thing and run to you for grace, run to you for wisdom. Jesus, your power works best in our weakness. May we get to the place that Paul found, that in our weakness you can show your grace strong. Therefore, when we are weak, and we are running to you, Jesus, then we are strong. Give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we've heard. Jesus, give us the courage to do it. Amen.